Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Good afternoon. I'm Megan Goldsby. Public transit riders in San Francisco may complain about the city's buses and trains a lot, but it appears that one thing they don't need to worry about is safety. KCBS's Melissa Colross reports crime on the system is down. Is San Francisco Muni safe? We asked writer Misha Kalikulov. I think so. I mean, relative to any other systems, you know, I mean, you know, in an urban area. Writer Bryn Almschneider agrees, even though... I have seen sketchy things happen on Muni, that is true. I've seen people rolling joints on Muni. I've seen people be aggressive on Muni occasionally, but that's the exception rather than the rule. And crime on Muni has dropped over the last five years. But Erica Cato with the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency says officials still are asking the agency's board for a 40% increase in security funding. The funding mostly covers extra security presence. These are security guards that will be patrolling both our stations, our trains, they'll be on buses, and we also want extra personnel at our bus yards and divisions. There were more than 2,200 security incidents on Muni in 2014, and only 461 such incidents in the first half of this year. In San Francisco, Melissa Colross, KCBS. One of Sacramento's key PG&E critics is applauding a bankruptcy court ruling against the utility. KCBS reporter Tim Ryan spoke with State Senator Jerry Hill of San Mateo. A bankruptcy judge ruled on Wednesday that PG&E is liable for fire damages linked to its gas and electrical lines, regardless of whether the company acted negligently. The decision could mean billions of dollars to thousands who lost homes to wildfires says the senator. And I think it's it's clear and shows that those victims of the fires of the last two years do not have to now go to court and prove that PG&E was at fault because of their negligence. And we know they've been at fault and we know that they've been negligent. PG&E had argued that it was protected from property losses as long as it didn't act negligently. I don't know if they can appeal it because it's the bankruptcy judge really interpreting what is California law today. PG&E and fire victims are preparing for a trial to determine just how much the San Francisco company must pay. That has to happen soon so PG&E can emerge from bankruptcy court next year. Hill says while the ruling is good for ratepayers, we will all have to share in the cost of strengthening future gas and electric deliveries. Tim Ryan, KCBS. Meanwhile, PG&E says its distribution lines didn't spark any damaging wildfires since the public safety power shutoffs began this fall. However, the utility acknowledged in a court ruling its transmission equipment may have started the Kincaid fire last month, which damaged or destroyed more than 400 structures. Authorities have not determined what sparked the Kincaid fire in Sonoma, but the utility says it had a problem at a transmission tower near where the fire ignited. It had shut off power to distribution lines to prevent its equipment from igniting wildfire, but let electricity flowing through what it believed were the less vulnerable transmission lines. Well, the Salvation Army's annual donation drive gets underway in earnest today with a new wrinkle. KCBS's Bob Butler reports you no longer need cash to throw in that red kettle. You might just need your smartphone. The first red kettle was put up in San Francisco in 1891. 
You can now use your smartphone for Apple Pay or Google Pay. You bump it just the one time, and then and then the it'll come up on your phone. The opportunity to donate will come up on your phone. You click through, and then it'll give you the uh, the, the screen, a page, and then you get five, ten, or twenty-five dollar donation. Salvation Army's Jennifer Bird says this just makes sense. We really live now more and more in a, in a community that doesn't have a lot of cash. People don't carry a lot of cash these days, so we want to make it a lot easier for people to give to the iconic Red Kettle. When you make the donation, they use your zip code to make sure it stays local. Valentina Hall does not use it herself. I would rather put in the kettle, yeah. But I'm sure many people probably would use Google Pay or Apple Pay because a lot of my friends do. In Brentwood, Bob Butler, KCBS. San Jose is one of a number of Bay Area cities that have received additional funds from the state to combat car break-ins. We get the details from KCBS's Mike Colgan. San Jose Police Chief Eddie Garcia said the $750,000 in grant money will be used to try and drive down car break-ins. We're going to be utilizing this money to uh, really combat auto break-ins throughout the city. Looking at our hotspot areas, especially um, now, it's going to be throughout the year, but especially we're going to try to impact during the holidays. This woman who lives in North North San Jose and wanted to remain anonymous, said her car has been broken into numerous times in the last six months. My car is parked right in front of my house. It has an alarm. I have everything to protect it, but yet the criminals find a way to steal my car. San Jose police officer James Gonzalez said you can avoid being a victim just by using some common sense. A lot of the car break-ins can be prevented if you lock your car, if you don't leave valuables in the car, things like that that are very easy. San Jose has seen a 14% increase in car break-ins this year. In the Silicon Valley Bureau, Mike Olgan, KCBS. Santa Clara County officials are working to put together a program that would help put an end to child sex abuse. KCBS's Jennifer Hodges reports. At one point, the county had prevention programs for child sex abuse victims, but budget constraints put an end to that. Now they're hoping to start it up again. It's a taboo subject, so it's something we don't talk about, and therefore it's very difficult to prevent. Santa Clara County Supervisor Cindy Chavez, now they are talking about it. We did um, a hearing to focus on child sexual abuse so that we could better understand how to provide uh, both intervention services that are so critical and also prevention services. Chavez says a second hearing will take place next month with the goal being to come up with a prevention and rehabilitation program to help kids. Jennifer Hodges, KCBS. As the Democrats' next presidential primary debate approaches, there are questions about how long a once prominent candidate from the Bay Area can stay in the race. We get the story from KCBS reporter Melissa Colross. Amid falling poll numbers and staff layoffs, there are reports that the structure of Senator Kamala Harris's presidential campaign has produced inconsistent decision-making. New York Times reporter Asted Herndon. The campaign was set up with kind of a flat organizational structure that had multiple decision-makers, including her sister and a consulting firm out of California that's worked with her for a while. Herndon writes in the paper about frustration and anger within the campaign. KCBS political analyst and San Jose State political science professor emeritus Larry Gersten adds that Harris's circumspect approach to answering questions early on also may have been an issue. Instead of dealing head on, I've got a plan for this, a plan for that. She said, well, we need to think about this. We need to have more discussion about this. And, and voters are looking for answers. But Gersten says Harris has a chance to bounce back with a strong performance at next month's Democratic primary debate. She might have a moment, but more likely she's going to begin to feel very, very pressured to make that big decision on whether her name appears on the California ballot. Gersten adds that even if Harris drops out of the race, she's young and can run again. 
Melissa Callross, KCBS. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio. 